This morning, uh, if you have your scripture, if you have your Bible, or if you're using your phone or your uh, iPad, whatever it may be, I want you to go to the book of Second Kings. In the book of Second Kings, we're going to read uh, from chapter seven. We're just going to read a couple verses of scripture uh, there, and there's. Uh, this whole account, there's much that could be preached out of it as there is practically any portion of scripture, but we're going to not necessarily focus on the circumstance, uh, the overall circumstances at hand, but on the, uh, we're going to focus on the circumstance of four individuals. So Second Kings chapter seven, reading verses three through four, the scripture says, now there were four men with leprosy, at the entrance of the city gate, they said to each other, why stay here until we die? Now, let me define for you, leprosy was, um, leprosy was a deadly disease in its day. Leprosy, there was no cure for it. It caused people to be bad. I've actually, uh, I wouldn't call it an opportunity, but I did have, uh, I did have occasion uh, on one missions trip that I went on many years ago to see people with leprosy. And let me, let me tell you, it is not a pretty sight. Leprosy is a ugly, it's a vicious disease that consumes the body. Why stay here till we die, they ask one another. If we say, we'll go into the city, so they sort of answered themselves, you know. Any of y'all ever ask, any of y'all ever talk to yourself? Sometimes that's good, okay? If we say we'll go to into the city, the fa- the famine is there and we will die. If we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. The Arameans was the enemy, if you would, in this occasion. If they spare us, we live. But if they kill us, then we die. That makes sense, don't it? Somebody kills you, you die. You stay where you're at. You die. You know, that makes sort of good sense, doesn't it? It's not exactly profound. But I want to preach to you with the thought in mind, I ain't dying like this. I ain't dying like this. Pardon my English. But that's the way most of us talk anyway here in in the Appalachian Mountains. I ain't dying like this. I want you to first see with me the realization. The realization that, that, that occurred at some point along the way with these four fellas when they looked at one another and asked that tremendous question, why stay here until we die? It's very, very important that realization occurs. Uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not, so much been given over to it, but so I've heard, so in things that I've read tells me that any help organization, it's a, if it's an addiction organization or, or whatever it be, it could be financially, uh, a financial organization, whatever, to help get out of debt. But whatever the case is, one of the key factors to getting help or to getting out of your situation is coming to the realization that you need help. You know, with, with people, many times, one of the struggles, one of the, one of the struggles with, with people
people and I think back to my dad and, and my dad, I, I never, I never, I never saw my dad do any of the things that we think of as being bad. I never, I never, uh, I saw my dad, uh, take a drink of alcohol. I never saw my dad smoke a cigarette. I never saw my dad, uh, uh, do anything. You know, sometimes he used language that he shouldn't use, but, but I never saw my dad do any of those things that we think of as being profoundly wrong. In fact, if you were taught, would talk to my dad, there was many years if you talked to my dad, my dad's response was, well, I'm a pretty good fella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he didn't cheat people, he didn't lie to people, he didn't do things that he shouldn't be doing uh, by and large, and and he was not dishonest or or anything like that. In in his in his uh, within his means, he was a good fella, and and, and that's great. I I hope that I have some of those traits. I hope that 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 I am a pretty good fella. But even if he wasn't a good fella, if he had had this problem or this addiction or this circumstance in his life, he he the necessity of admitting that he had a need was also important. These guys realized their situation. They they realized that they were in a place of helplessness and in a place of hopelessness. Until we realize our situation, whether we're good fellows and ladies, or if if we struggle with a, a lot of issues in our life, fellows and ladies, uh, whatever the circumstance is, until we come to the realization of of what is going on in our lives, we will never reach out and we will never make moves to acquire something different than what we already have. And in doing all of that, there is a requirement of self-assessment. These fellas had to realize, and I'm sure they did, because the affliction that they had actually consumed would consume their bodies. Their, their, perhaps their fingers or their toes had been, uh, eaten off by the leprosy. Perhaps uh, the skin was deteriorating off of their arms and, or maybe off their torso. Maybe even the leprosy had attacked their face and, and part of their facial structure has now gone. It was easy to see that they were afflicted. Sometimes it's not all that easy to see that we're afflicted. And I'm not talking about afflicted necessarily in body, but I'm talking about being afflicted in our souls and in our spirits. But they realized they were afflicted and they comprehended that the affliction that they had, they knew and they realized that it was terminal. You know, we need to realize that the afflictions that, that happen in our lives, the afflictions of sin, the afflictions that, that occur because we are birthed into a sin-cursed world and, and we live in fleshly bodies and our fleshly bodies tend to yield to the ways of the flesh until we realize that, that in this life, regardless of who we are, again, whether you're like my dad and you're a pretty good fella or not, we all have the need of a Savior and we all have a need of a rescuer because in reality, we are all afflicted with the curse or the leprosy 
of sin. So these guys, they, they realize they need help. They have assessed their self and then, but then they begin assessing their options. You know, life is full of options. Life is full of options in, in every aspect. Every one of us, we have options. Right now, you are facing options in your life. Right now, I am facing options in my life. Even in the smallest of things, there are options before us. Reminds me of the man of God that, that, that stood upon the mountain and he said, Choose this day who you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're, we're, life is full of options. Everything that we find, everything that we do is full of options. I face difficult options uh, all the time. One, one of the difficult options that I face daily in life, and this may seem very, very minute to you, but one of my, one of my, one of my difficulties is when I stop somewhere to, to get me something to drink, or I walk into our refrigerator at home to get me something to drink, here is, are these bottles of, of of clear water, you know, pure water. And it says purified right there on the label. There's those bottles of clear water, that water that is healthy, that water that most of our bodies are made up of water. I know that's there, but then there's that shelf that has Diet Dr. Pepper on it. Mm. And I have to choose between my options. And most of the time, my flesh falls weak, if you get the idea. Because water doesn't have any fizz to it. And the people that says that well, different water tastes different, I, I, I have never discovered that. To me, water has no taste. It's, you know, just, but we have options. And we must assess our options. They said, within themselves, they were saying, we are lepers. And if something doesn't change, we are going to die. They came to that realization. They And they assessed their options. They knew if they stayed where they were at, they realized they were going to die. But then as they assessed their options, they they say, if we go to the city, the city, it's in famine. And if we go there, we're going to die. If we don't die from leprosy, We're going to die from starvation. And which would you rather die from? Leprosy or starvation? What an option. What, what, what to choose from? But then they made a decision of about going into the land of the Arameans and they said, if we go there, we might be killed. But if we're not killed, Then we're going to live. And if we are killed, then we die. At least there was some opportunity there that they might live. So they began to weigh out those options and, and, and the decision was made. Their decision is let's surrender. Let's surrender. And I'm, I'm not talking about just surrendering to the Arameans. Yes, they surrendered to them. But you see, they also surrendered 
to their own selves. They surrendered to their own circumstances, if you would. They surrendered to their own situation after they had assessed their situation and they had acknowledged their situation. Then they surrendered to their situation because they knew if they did something else, there was an opportunity that they would live. I've had someone just recently uh, actually, I've incurred it a few times in, in recent weeks. People that have, uh, said they were atheists and, uh, uh, people that said they were agnostic and people that, and if you don't get all that together, either they say they believe there is no God or they question the existence of God or they believe that there is more than one God, uh, in many cases and, and they don't see the need of salvation. They don't adhere to the word of God as truth. I, let me tell you, I still adhere to the word of God and I believe because of the word of God, because of the New Testament in the word of God, I believe the only way that we will acquire heaven as our home is through and by the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no other way whereby a man shall be saved other than through and by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can be good fellows. We can be good ladies. We can do lots of good things. We can do lots of good works, but we must be born again. Uh, Nicodemus had to learn that. He didn't understand that, but Jesus explains it to him. We must be saved in order to get to heaven. Listen, we must realize the need of a Savior in order to be saved. We must realize why stay here until we die. We must realize we must not only surrender to everything else around us, but we must surrender to ourselves and realize there is something better. But going back to the atheists and going back to the agnostics, and they said, I'm sorry, I just don't really believe that there is a hell or a heaven. And they'll say, I don't really believe there is a God. And and, and you and, and the, the one individual, he's really nice about it. He said, I respect what you believe, but I choose not to believe that and why do you think that I should believe it I said well you know here's my explanation here's my explanation okay let's say that I am wrong you know let's say I'm wrong I've been wrong how many times I've been wrong maybe twice Let's, but let's say I'm wrong about this Jesus thing. Let's say that I'm wrong about this heaven thing. Okay, let's, let's, let's say I'm wrong about that there, that, that the Bible is truth. And let's say I'm wrong about all of that. To the atheist or the agnostic, I find out later on when everything's done that I was wrong. I have not lost a thing. I have not lost a thing because I have a, a family of believers that, that, that I surround myself around. I have people that are my church family. I have a hope of heaven. I have experienced, uh, if, if it's not real, I don't know what I've experienced. I don't, I don't serve Jesus on feeling. I serve him in faith, but it's good to feel the Holy Ghost every once in a while. It's good to experience God. So if I'm wrong, I have lost nothing because I have enjoyed serving the Lord. But if you're the atheist, and the agnostic and you're wrong 
Oh my goodness. Because if you're wrong and you're the atheist and the agnostic, you've lost everything. You've lost everything. There, there, there is nothing, there's nothing that I have lost, but, but, but to, but, but to, to be a, a non-believer, to be the atheist, to be the agnostic, you have lost everything because what if you were wrong? See these guys, they found themselves in, in, in a, in a point of decision and they thought if we stay here, we're surely going to die. If we go over to the city, there we're, it's in famine. We're probably, it's a question of how we will die, whether we'll starve to death or we'll die of leprosy. But if we surrender, if we surrender our wills, if we surrender ourselves, there is a chance that we might live. So these guys took action. They took action to be purposeful. They took, they were intentional. They knew that they were going into, even then, not that God is our enemy, but they were going into the enemy's camp. They knew there was an opportunity that they may be killed, but it was their only hope. You're in this room or you're watching this morning and I looked there a few minutes ago. We had a pretty significant uh, streaming audience a few minutes ago. But, But the reality of it is this. If we are wrong in our faith, we have missed nothing. But if you lack faith and you're wrong, you have missed everything. The reality of it is I'm willing to take a chance on Jesus. I'm willing to take a chance on the truth of the Bible. I'm willing to take a chance on there being a God of the universe that took chaos and spoke everything into existence. I'm willing to take that chance because I used to, listen, years ago when I used to sing something, I used to sing an old song that said, my God is real. He is real to my soul. My God is real for he has touched and made me whole. My God is real for I can feel him in my soul. Understand with me, if I have missed something, I have missed nothing. Nothing because I believe that God is the true and the living God. So they decided to be purposeful. And they decided to do something about their situation. I want to share with you a couple things that happened. The first thing that you see happen was that these men had a determinate faith. Aram, which is the land of the Aramines, was in high country. It was in high country. That's why there was no drought there. They were in the mountainous region, if you would. But let me tell you something. Even if you aren't a leper, going into the high country was not an easy journey. They were traveling by foot. They were not only traveling by foot, but keep in mind they were lepers. Some of them may have been missing toes. Some of these four could have had crippled legs and, and mangled legs. I once saw a man that had leper that his legs had been eaten completely off. No exaggeration. And he actually was walking on the palm of his hands with rubber pads attached to his hands. That's how he walked around as he went from place to place to beg. I saw that with my own eyes. I don't know what these four lepers were like, but they had a hard journey going up a mountain to get to a place that they thought the only place that they thought they could find any hope there was a chance there that they could find hope and they made their way on the hard journey up the mountain to get to where their hope lies sometimes 
we have to have determinate faith. Understand this with me. The path of resistance is the easiest path to, easiest path to follow. Sometimes we want to go down the path that seems the easiest to us. I would like to tell you, I said something about this last week. I'll say something about it again this week. Sometimes I, I want to tell you, salvation is, salvation in itself is easy. All it takes is faith in Jesus Christ. But sometimes to be a follower of Jesus, it requires determinate faith. We have got, listen, if you got saved, you better have your mind made up if you're going to be a follower of Jesus. You better have your heart set in order that I'm going to be a follower of Jesus because whether you realize or not, there's not going to be just bumps and humps, but there may be some mountains to climb along the way. There may be some rivers to cross. There may be oceans to swim. There may, I'm not trying to discourage you from following Jesus, but I want to tell you, when you follow Jesus, we got to have a determinate faith. We got to have a want to. We got to have a desire to follow Jesus. We must be prepared to go the distance and go the journey. So the path of least resistance is an easy path. But I find that as we follow Jesus, there are things that we will encounter. And getting to the high country, if you would, getting to the top of Mount Zion, getting to the place where God has for us to be may not always be a tiptoe through the tulips, but it may take some mountain climbing. We may have to have on our hiking boots, so to speak. We may have to have on our our, our climbing gear. We may have to have a, a little bit of uh, uh, some rope wrapped around our waist and we may have to even pull one another up that mountain from time to time. But listen to me, as we journey the mountain, as we get to the top of the mountain, there we find our hope. And these four lepers knew with effort, with effort they might die, but they, with effort they also knew there was a chance. That they might live. But with no effort. With no effort. They were dead men. And I just want to tell you. I ain't dying like that. I ain't dying like that. Why stay here. Until we die. When there's a little bit of hope. When there's a little bit of hope. It is. They traveled into. Hostile territory. The Armenians were their enemy. But listen to this. Upon arrival, they found out God had made a way. Who was it? Was it Paul Harvey It used to say, and here's the rest of the story? I think it was Paul Harvey. And here's the rest of the story. These four boys crippled up. How, well, you know, they, they were lepers, man. They were, they, they, they were, they were significantly ill. They were in no place where, where, where they, where they set up to, to be physically fit. But they get to the city of the Aramedes. The gates were open. I'm paraphrasing this. I'm bringing this in. Illustrate modern day times. The gates of the city were open. The TVs were still playing. The radios were still blasting. People left their cell phones laying on the table. Didn't even take them with them. You know that's serious when you leave your cell phones. Any of y'all panic when you leave your cell phone somewhere? Oh yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. We, we can drive off and leave our kids and grandkids somewhere by, and not even realize it, but we don't leave our cell phones anywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. I know, I know how, I know how it is. Y'all tell me. I, I drive, leave, leave Sarah at home, not even realize it, and then realize, oh, I don't have my phone. Turn around and go back and get it. They get to the city. And they find the city is all abandoned. Read the rest of the story there sometime. But here's the thing about it. All the provisions of the Arameans was left behind. Mm -hmm. Everything was left behind. Everything was abandoned. You see, when you read this story... When you read this story, you read there and, and God had sent a delusion, if you would, or a, an illusion to the Arameans and they thought they were coming under siege and under attack from a far greater enemy than they had ever had before and they just fled their city and they just left it. And here are these four leper boys that don't have anything at all. They come, they come dragging their legs and, and stuff along and walking on sticks. And they get to this, they had climbed this mountain and now they get to the city and there is everything that they need on top of the mountain in a city that really didn't belong to them, that they really didn't deserve, but God gave it to them. Hello, does any, are you getting this right now? But they had to make a decision. I ain't dying like this. I am not going to die like this. I am not. We are not going to finish like this. We're going to lay hold of hope. So they were unqualified. They were unacceptable. But they realized they had nothing to lose. Let me tell you something. There's not a person in this room including me on self. There's not a person in this room. There's not a person watching live stream or that may listen to the to the podcast later or may listen, be listening to EV radio this morning. There is not a person under the sound of my voice, even if they watch this two or three weeks from now, there is not a person in this room that has anything to lose by pursuing Jesus Christ. I ain't dying like this. I ain't dying like this. And we find ourselves then that Elisha is the recipient of the blessing. He comes into play. He's the type, you know, he's a type of Christ in the Old Testament and a type of, and I didn't say he was Christ, but he was a type of, but you see that God's fulfillment, keeping his Abrahamic covenant is again fulfilled, but it took four guys that made up their minds that says, we're not going to die like this. Do you know, you know what? God wants to use you in his kingdom. God wants to use you. You are, you are, you and I are integral parts of the kingdom of God being fulfilled if we'll just make up a decision. I ain't gonna die like this. I don't ask, come back, come on back to the music. And I wanna, but I wanna share this thought with you. When, when life is at its lowest, when life is at its lowest, 
is when we are going to find help. When we're at our lowest point, when we're at the bottom, listen, I like, I think it was old preacher R.W. Shambach. Some of y'all will know who I'm talking about. But I, but R.W. Shambach, I think it was, it said, when you're, when you have been, when you've been backed into a corner, when you're, when your back is against a wall, your back is to a corner, he said, and your feet are planted on the floor, he said, there's only one way to go, and that's to go upward. When life has brought us to its lowest point, that's what I love about uh, about the the story of Jonah and the whale, and we all know that that's very very elementary to us in in many many ways. We that's one of the first stories we probably ever learned, and and, and I love it though because Jonah Jonah is in the belly of the whale, and he went he went to the deep, he went to the deep. Jonah went to his lowest place. He was living in the gastric juices of a whale's belly. And the whale goes to the deepest part of the sea. Jonah had reached the lowest point physically that a man could go. But then God brought him out. He brought him out because Jonah had a change of heart. And God will bring us out when we've had that change of heart. So here's my conclusion. In our most extreme distress, God will carry us out. And He will use us to bless others. But here's what we need to do. We need to rise up out of our circumstance. And we need to, to, to make a decision. And that decision is simply this. I ain't dying like this. I ain't dying like this. So we must assess our options. Our, our only option really that makes sense is the options to pursue God in everything that He has for us. It may seem risky. It may be hard. We may have to climb a mountain or two along the way. But if we will let God pave the way before us, when we get to the city, we will find all of the plunder, so to speak. We will find everything that we need in the city. And in the city, everything that we need is there. And everything that is there, it will be ours. Because God will do even greater things in our life than we can ever imagine He will do. If we will simply make up our minds. I ain't dying like this. If you're unsaved, I pray that you will make up your mind this day. I ain't dying like this. If you're here and maybe, maybe you are a Christian, maybe you are saved, you're born again, but, but, but there's struggles that you're having in life and, and you're, and you're really struggling along. You know, I read in, I read in the Bible that the, the situation of, of men that, that Jesus had touched and it, they true too were lepers. And, and I believe if my memory serves me well, there were, there were ten lepers and Jesus touched them, but only one came back to praise Jesus. That one was made whole. 
They all were healed, but only one was made whole. Understand what that would mean is if, if, if their hands had been, if their hands had been eaten off, if their hands had been eaten off, Jesus touches them. They're healed of leprosy, but one came back to praise Jesus. And when Jesus touched that one after, after he came back to praise Jesus, Jesus touches that one. It says he was made whole. I personally believe his hand would have grown back. His hand would have been restored because he was restored to wholeness. You may be saved, but you may be still having some struggles in your life. There are Christians, there are saved people that have ongoing struggles that they're dealing with. I want you to know that. I want you to realize that. And and But if we will just come to praise the Lord, and if we will worship Him, and we will make up our mind, I ain't dying like this, there's wholeness and restoration that will come from the Lord. He will make us new, and He will make us whole as we continue to submit our lives to Him. So whether you're unsaved this morning or whether you're struggling with some things and as you follow Jesus this morning he's wanting to touch your life he's wanting to touch my life he doesn't want us to die in our circumstances he doesn't want us to die in the desert with uh, and I chose this picture intentionally because I like that picture of a, a man's hand just reaching out this is a man that is supposedly dying he's dying for in the desert sun there's no hope for him there there's no rescue for him. He's there all along, but he's still continually to crawl. He's continued to grab because he is determined that he is not going to die there. He's not going to die in his circumstance. Who knows? Right over that next sand dune, he might find the oasis of God. He might find the water of God that flows purely and freely. He might just find the palm trees and everything that he needs in life. Maybe over that next sand do. Listen, don't give up. Keep crawling. Keep scraping. Keep doing everything you need to do. But make up your mind. I am not going to die like this. Would you close your uh, close your eyes and just bow your heads just for a moment. I can't. There's no point in me saying anymore. If you're in this room and you're unsaved, if you're in this room and you are struggling in your faith, you are struggling with things as you walk this road of faith, I just want you right now, as nobody's looking around, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I'm going to ask you, because the presence of the Lord is moving and working here, I want you to come down to this altar, and, and yes, I realize that is a tradition, that is not a mandate of the Word of God, but it says something in a statement of faith that I am not going to die like this. Those guys, they had to get up and they had to start walking. And I want you this morning, if you have not are unsaved or if you're struggling in your faith or your things that you're struggling as you're in your faith walk, I want you to get up right now and start walking. You got a downhill walk in this room, by the way. You're not even walking uphill. But I want to invite you right now so we can pray for you and we can pray with you. And we're believing that you're not going to die like like this. We believe that God has got deliverance for you. I believe that God has something for you. So right now, will you come and you will, will you meet me here and there's going to be people that are going to support you. There's going to be people that will gather around you. Will you come right now with any further ado, heads bowed or eyes closed. Nobody's watching you. Will you get up and make your way here right now this morning? Anybody in this room? I can't give you, I can't give you any more than I've given you already this morning. But will you come?